Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome. This is episode 199 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking of pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie and I'm joined by a man who this week has been doing great stuff and helping out lots of people and just being all around awesome. As he's in the shaky 190s, hoping to be able to make it to 200, it's Lewis Kirkham. How, how are you going? Good, Robbie. Good, mate. The, the nervous 90s, one might the say. Ner- the nervous 190s, even more yeah, so. W- well, yeah, worse 190s. Yeah, it's not uh, not often you get to a double century, certainly in the in the cricket parlance, is it? Well, no, I've, I've, I have been um, watching the cricket. It's, I've, I actually, you know, just to, you know, two vets talk sports um, for a little bit. <laughs> I really like this um, test matches in the in the evening thing where you get home and you put the mm. test on. It's great. Mm. You know, you mm. sit down, watch it. And it's done by 10. Oh, I think I think, I think it's a cracker. But um, yeah, cheers. It's pretty hard going. Parkdale's own Scotty Boland, though, is very economical out there. He's doing great. So, yes. you know, everyone, everyone's happy in the Anderton household. Oh, very nice, fantastic. Well, it's it's nice when you turn on the turn on the cricket at night and you think, hang on, is that backyard cricket on one of the pitches I've prepared out the out the backyard there that we're playing on, or is that a, is that a professional pitch that we've got ready? Big interesting day four five, I reckon. It's a little dusty and dry out there. Um, I mean, and then just, that's why you need a little bit of Vaseline to just try and help to uh, lube things up a little bit. Oh, but, ooh, we're throwing a bit just, of a tampering shade there, mate. I, I tell you what, like I was talking about with some of the dads at cricket this morning, and it's like, if if that was Australia, an Australian player getting caught doing that, they would not be let back into the country after what happened uh, all those years ago. But mm. you know, every other country does it. But anyway, so apart from sport and watching the cricket, what have you been up to this week? Oh well, actually, I've got an interesting one for you, mate. I've got uh, some text messages uh, or a text message uh, during the week from a Patreon supporter, right? And um, and uh, must have been triggered by uh, just a short little. Uh, sojourn we'd had between podcasts that uh, that she obviously heard one and went, oh, wow, they, they're still alive. They're still kicking. Yeah. Was still it new, recording. New, pod, new podcast, Who Dis? Was it something along those lines? Something on those lines. And uh, from, from Claire and, and her Italian greyhound, Dante. Oh, Dante. Dante, yes. Big support of the show. So thank you very yeah. much. Um, Just a, a heads up, mate, or a question for you, maybe. Yeah. Question for you. Um, can you think of a condition, a stomach condition that, uh, no, that's not going to work. Uh, let's just say, Dante, uh, how often have you seen a GDV in an Italian greyhound? Ah, well, luckily for me and all my clients, I actually haven't seen many GDVs all that much at all. But I it is a thing that can happen in greyhounds. But yeah, in the in the teeny tiny little iggies. I mean, that that being said, though, the last one that we had um, with our clinic, actually, I'm seeing the dog for another reason, was actually in a spoodle. 
Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so a large, weird, but, like, like a large spoodle, like we're talking, or a eight you know, and a half kilogram spoodle. Yeah. So it does. Yeah. yeah. I reckon I've seen one when I think about it in a Maltese. Mm, yep. Yep. Little Maltese terrier, but um, but oh, for the for the uneducated listener out there, and and welcome to our American listeners who are enjoying our, our um introduction on cricket. On cricket, is, yes, yeah, absolutely. Be right up your alley. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would strongly suggest you YouTube Scott Boland Boxing Day test if you if you you know uh, if, if you if you're keen have a little bit of you know, run your laugh you know, run your eyes over that perfect stuff and if you truly are insomniac uh, that <laughs> will definitely help with that too for those 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 um those uninitiated to, to the career anyway so um uh, basically gdv mate uh uh what is it gastric dilatation volvulus is that what we're yep. talking about yep gastric dilate dilation volvulus that's exactly correct so it's where the um the stomach fills up so it dilates and then it twists it twists on its axis because there's not a lot that's attaching the stomach to the uh, uh to anything inside of the uh inside of the abdomen and so if you've got a deep chested dog and it dilates too much there's a chance that it can twist over on itself and sometimes take the spleen with it yeah, and it's common in in the like you said the deep chested dogs. So we're looking at yeah greyhounds definitely, um, German uh, shepherds, German dobies, shepherds. Yeah, yeah, anything anything bigger chest and really well uncommon. I mean, uh, uh, Italian greyhounds, I suppose, are just just uh, uh, a smaller you know, version gray, greyhounds that we put in the in the uh, in the oven like a shrinky, yeah, like a to like shrink a, them up a twisties packet you put in there. And, well, sorry to American listeners again who don't have twisties, maybe a Cheetos packet. Yeah, 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 well, maybe, yeah, or uh, burger rings. Oh, no, you don't have those either. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, a, a crisps packet to our UK listeners. Put yep. it in the oven, shrinks down, nice little, similar sort of thing. But um, she said, yeah, obviously her vet, um, they'd never seen it, but they'd seen one in yeah. such a small dog before. She said the night, and I'm interested your thoughts on this, the night before uh, Dante had actually had an allergic reaction to something. Oh, so okay. had a full blown, blown up face. Um, she thought, I think she'd done something with the flaws or something. So she thought maybe it was an reaction to some chemicals yeah, um, right. that she put down, but had a full blown up face and come in. I think she oh, could get up the text messages, but was given some Serenia at the time Yep. Um, and maybe sent home overnight. And then the next day, here we go, uh, had an anaphylactic reaction the night before, came home to find him covered in hives. Right. Probably a carpet spray I used on a naughty wee spot. Oh, okay. Right. Gosh. Uh, last time I spoke to Claire, she was well toilet trained, but perhaps Dante yes. isn't by the sound no, of yes. it. Yes. Yes. We, we wonder if Serenia stopped the vomiting, but didn't curve the nausea enough and caused a flip. Yeah, right. That's yeah, very interesting. That's a little, uh, well, little piece there. Uh, yeah. Just internal medicine there. So Serenia is a centrally acting antiemetic. So whether or not there was still then hypermotility um, within the uh, within the gut, possibly as part of a um, a histamine react, mm-hmm. you know, histamine release. So possibly a histamic release around the body may have caused increased contraction of the of the stomach, and then possibly yeah, you know, twisty things over maybe. But the Serenia might not have done anything because it's it is a centrally acting. Um, a central acting anti-emetic agent. Mm, yeah, interesting. But yeah, amazing. Possibly. I, I mean, that's things work. Yeah. yeah. Who would know? 
Who would know? It's, you know who's the main to, thing is twisted over, but you know it's up to who's up to two mates just having a chat on a Saturday afternoon to to solve these life issues, hey? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so Dante's doing well now. Like this is Dante. a um, this is a positive um a, a, a positive update. Uh Thankfully, he's fine. Oh, good. I was, I was terrified he'd crash. Um, only one out of three of our GD patients have lived. Ooh, yeah, oh, that, gee whiz. It's not not a good prognosis. No. Um, he did get esophagitis afterwards and lost 1.1 kilos. Gee whiz. Which would well, have been a large percentage of his body weight. Yeah, to be considering he only yeah. weighs 2.2 kilos. Yeah, that's, that's right. A, yeah. no, no, probably a bit more than that, but, you know. Losing anyways, that much, you're going to start counting legs. Yeah, otherwise he is great now. So oh, good. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, big well, shout a, out to Dante and Claire. I'm pleased that is a, doing well. That is really, really interesting, though, about that, um, about the allergic reaction. Because, I mean, it's got to be connected. Like, it has to be. You'd think it's got to be because the chances of you're having an allergic reaction, which is uncommon enough, and then having a GDV, you know, in an uncommon breed, there's got to be mm. something there that's, um, that's triggered it. So, um, I'm, I'm well, definitely hearing who's made and, and seeing zebras definitely. Yeah. hundred percent. Yep, yep. Um, so well, great to hear about Dante doing well. I got a great update from a, um, a, a patient that I did surgery on this week. Um, I, um, I actually turned a, uh, turned a pug into a Tesla this week. What? A yes. pug into a Tesla. You're into pug into a Tesla. Yeah. Really? Did you, is it? Uh, I don't want to spoil it for you, mate. But is there some sort of electrical port you've put in there that uh, to charge up the little pug when it's just? Ooh, it's just. Yeah. It's, it's a... when, it, when they lift that tail up Whoa. and they just and they just you know show the show the butt. It's just so easy to try and get a double A in there. Just to no no. So um. So what do we know about um? What do we know about pugs? What's the what's the most one of the most common things you'll see with pugs. Nothing at all. What do I know Nothing. about Teslas? Oh, look yeah. at Elon Musk. <laughs> yes, no, yeah, yeah, good. No pugs. Most common thing about pugs, they're breathing disorders. Yes, yeah. So the noisy yeah. breathers. And what yes. and what do you know about a Tesla when you're walking down the road? Oh, they are silent. That's oh. how I turned a pug into oh. a Tesla, Lewis. Oh, you've been working that all week. All and week, we'll be I've here been all sitting, week too, mate. I've been sitting on that like an ostrich on an egg. I tell you what, Very I thought now because nice. I said it to the owner. I said because um, I spoke to her on the phone. She's gone. I'm surprised with how little noise he made. And I said, well, yeah, I'll basically just turn him into a Tesla for you. You know, <laughs> thought, actually, that is, that is gold. Very so, good. Um, so yeah, so I did the um the the, the boa surgery on the little fellow, like, and the uh, interestingly, the owner said he actually didn't make that much noise to begin with. But when I went in to do the surgery, so we had the stenotic nary. So so yes. we, listeners all know we've spoken about um the the common things that happen with the brachies in the in the past. But he had the blocked up uh, the the narrowed nose. He had an elongated soft palate, so yes. I did surgery on that. His tonsils initially looked pretty good, but then once I got in there and they started poking their little head out at me and thought, hang on, there's something going on here. All right. So I took those out too. Yes. And then most surprising of all, he actually had everted saccules as well. So even yeah, though he was making right. very little noise, he actually had all the things that would cause obstruction. So, you know, they all just would have caused him more and more problems as he got old. He's about 14 months old. So got in there and uh, yeah, Tesla him right up. So, uh, so all, all done. He does it. So now he's got white leather seats and he's got, you know, you can, you can sort of choose your, uh, choose your theme when you're, when you're in sport mode and everything on him too. It's terrific. So very nice. But if you're particularly into marketing, you could, you could have that as a bit of a tagline on your clinic. Oh. Couldn't you, you know, could do yes. Something if, Turn if you, your if you pug want to into promote. a Tesla. 
Yes, if you, yeah, that's right. That's hey, good... now, hang on now. There, this is this this is trademarked now, so nobody's allowed to use that idea. <laughs> we put it out here now, so so you know, this is that's that's property of the two vets talk pets. There you go, nice one. Uh, also, uh, we had a dog this week come in that was a um. I want to say it was a bull mastiff sort of a dog from from memory. And you can, uh, you, can, you can say that if you want. That's fine. I'm not going to, you know, you, you, if, if you want to say that, you can say that. Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah. And um, uh, it was a Saturday morning, of course, fully booked, double booked, yes. everything booked. Uh, oh, dogs, dogs are chewing, you know, chewing on some sticks and it's cut its tongue. Um, and um, and it's bleeding, bleeding, you know, bleeding quite profusely from the right. mouth. And so I said, oh, yep, that's fine. We'll see you on Monday. No worries. Uh, has uh, midday at Monday. No, and the Jager said, come <laughs> straight down. We'll have a look at you. Dog came down. And of course, as as it is, mate, far, one of the fastest healing parts of the body. Dog yes. actually uh, was chewing on a stick and a cut sort of under its tongue. Very hard in a podcast to describe it. Yeah. Um, and in my heyday as a vet student, I would have been able to use all those big words like Frenulum. aspect and, uh, um, yep. you know, rostral and, uh, Sub- caudal. Sublingual. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yes. That's where it was under the tongue. Yep. Yeah. I know that one. So oh, yeah, there you go. Yep. And, uh, quite a long cut and it was probably, I want to say three or four centimeters long, sort of under the tongue. Had, had it damaged look- its frenulum? No. No, no. Intact. Oh, there you intact. go. So maybe, right. yeah, yeah, no, no. And uh, a scutcheon was all good too. Thanks, mate. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> just uh, throw another one in there. <laughs> anyway, and um, and I looked at it and I was sort of talking to the owner and I was like, well, you know, yes, it's 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 a big cut. And if it was yep. on the skin, I'd say, yeah, definitely we need to, you know, some surgery, we need Stitch some staples, it. need to do something to put together. But I looked at it and I said, look, it stopped bleeding. Yep. There's no indication from I can see that the dog's being bothered by it. Mm-hmm. I think, reckon we can probably get away because of the fast healing of that area. Yep. With just monitoring it, and we absolutely. Did. We, you know, I said, look, look, let's feed, let's feed soup. You know, yeah. Let's give the dog do- dog food soup for for the week. Uh, yep. Let's let's have a have a look on Monday. But I reckon that's probably one spot where you can have quite a big cut and and we got away. And sure enough, dog dog healed really well. So, you know, no issue. I said, look, if you go home and it starts bleeding on the on the the white shag pile and flicking blood everywhere, yeah, or come back in, we'll, we'll sort sort you out. But uh yeah. but I think I think it's one spot to just monitor and uh, and sure enough it, it you know surprise it's amazing. It's sort of thing, I guess just that little bit of experience of going, yeah, look, I'm one of those vets a bit older, maybe yep. seen things like this before. You know, in the past I might have gone, yeah, let's rush in and stitch it up, but I don't think it needed it, and it didn't. So yeah, it yeah. Went really well. but good little uh, uh, is it PSA public service announcement? Yes, yep. Don't let your dog chew sticks. No, not sticks. Don't no, do that. no, 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 no. Um, no. If you see a stick library, don't go near it because no, no good comes from it. Um, no. we we had a, an interesting one that was last week. Now he's actually um, so it was this cat that came in that had um, some had done something to his tongue, um, and so he had this really big necrotic um, sort of dead, dead, dying off part on the end of his tongue. And I reckon Ooh. he'd actually been in a fight and bitten it, and sort of you know, and so and sort of because you could see where it would fit onto the bottom part of his bottom canine. Mm-hmm. And so oh. big, big hole in the top surface of it. And um, I was looking at it, it was Sean and Christina and they said, Oh, we should be stitch it up. I said, well, look, you can stitch it, but I reckon all you do with, with tongues, when you put stitches in there, it's only to stop the bleeding and the mm-hmm. damn things just come out anyway, because mm-hmm. you know, yes. you can't, you can't stop the tongue from moving. So, no. you know, same no. thing. It's in the mouth. It'll heal. Mm. Just give it some time. And so we had a look and, 
like three days later, you could see the bit of tissue that was dying off. The rest of the tongue looked good and healthy. So the cat's going to have a deficit in its tongue, but it'll be absolutely fine. Like it'll eat, drink, do everything absolutely normally. So yeah, I want, it's, I it's if, amazing. I wonder if, you know, when you, you're eating stuff and you're like, you bite your tongue or you, you bite the side of your lip and then, and sure enough, the next meal, you bite the exact same spot and you keep biting that spot. And then one day you just bite it for the last time and you forget about it. I wonder if it's the same with that, that cat. Like it's just like, oh, just oh, biting oh, on its tongue oh, again. Oh, I've done it again. Oh, damn. Again. Oh, you know, that pain expression. Every time Felix jumps over the back fence, you're jumping in there trying to, you know, trying to bite him bit. on the bum and you end yeah. up biting your own tongue. You're oh, gee whiz. Oh, dang. Maybe, maybe I should just be a pacifist cat. You know, and maybe, maybe if my owners gave me something to try and calm me down, then it might help to stop me from trying to bite Felix on the bum and I keep biting my own tongues. You wouldn't have any idea on the sort of thing that you could use, would you, Lewis? Well, interesting. You talk about a pacifist. I had a, a client come in this week uh, for their, their cat's first adult vaccination. So we're sort oh, of yep. saying 15 maybe months old or something. 15 months old. Exactly. Yeah. Spot on. And and they said, well, you know, the, we're very friendly as a kitten. Um, you know, we're affectionate, wanting to come out. And, and 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 now, unfortunately, now that we've become an adult cat, we're actually quite skittish. We don't want to move on with the family. Um, any sort of noise that occurs, um, you know, we're, we're jumping, we're, we're hiding, you know, we're, getting, we're freezing, you know, any any weird noise. Um, we'll go outside. We sort of start allowing um, the cat outside, but uh, but now it won't go anywhere onto the grass. doesn't like its feet on the grass sort of thing. It's got yeah, right. a few sort of anxieties going on. I said, look, I said, I've got a product for you guys. It's not a medication. Cool. It's a nutraceutical. It's really? natural. Wow. It's derived. It's derived from milk. It's a <gasps> milk der- derivative. It's, I love it's, milk. It's called alpha cazozapine. <gasps> That's a big word. Yeah, and it's known by a brand name called Zilkeen. Zilkeen. Oh my yes. goodness! And I said, and we are sponsored on the podcast, but from it, but. I do also highly recommend it. And I think you should try two weeks for your cat and see if you get a little bit of improvement in those anxiety signs. Cause that's a perfect case where it's just a little bit of mild anxiety and we mm. don't need to sort of heavily do anything sort of major and just see if we can give that cat a little bit of relief from, uh, from its fear of noises and its anxiety of getting uh, grass on its feet. So it, keep you updated. Well, probably pretty- not, but we'll say we will. It's pretty, um, yeah, pretty, pretty, you know, dangerous stuff, though, isn't it, Zilkeen? Oh, oh, mate, not at all. Zilkeen? Not at all? No way. It's safe as houses, mate. Safe oh, as houses, except at terrific. the moment because houses are slightly dipping in the uh, the soon-to-be recession. Well, but anyway. And, and hopefully the cat's anxiety is dipping, too. Yes, as long, exactly. As long as, it, as long as that's fine, then that's good. It works yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, excellent. So big thank you to Zilkeen, supporters of the show. Excellent. And also supporters of our show are delicate care, aren't they, mate? Absolutely delicate care, Australian mode, Australian mode, Australian made and moan. Yeah, I think yes. they, they they mow their own grasses at delicate care. They're very, very stringent on that. They're very big on lawn care and also on quality ingredients that goes into their into their dog and cat foods, of which there's yeah, some great ones. There's sensitive skin and stomach for uh, you if you've got dogs or cats that have got surprisingly enough, sensitive skins or stomachs, and they've had problems. So it's a novel protein diet. Um, they've also got dental diets and weight management diets. They've got their uh they've got their arthritis control one, lots and lots of different options, as well as a full range of just normal run-of-the-mill adult dog and cat diets and puppy and kitten diets too. So exactly. a, a full range. 
And I did know that Dante, who we talked yes. about earlier, was having some issues with some, some, uh, you know, as as an Italian ground can be keeping weight on. This was mm. pre-incident with the, yes. uh, the stomach. And I do know that, uh, that uh, Dante, I believe, was a big, uh, big consumer of the Delicate Care product. And it was the only product that put a little bit of weight on the Italian greyhound. Oh, there so you go. There, there's a little... Uh, uh, but another Patreon supporter that has taken our advice on board. Well, especially so, the fact he's got to—he's got to try and find another one point two kilo. Mm. So I think he's going to be uh, fully loaded on the delicate care. So uh, yeah. and enjoy that, Dante. Enjoy that that a lot, but only to a small amount. So then that way you're not distending your stomach too much and tugging on where you where where uh, the surgery is going to be on the inside of your abdomen. Yeah, and don't exercise perhaps too soon after eating, just yes. in case you yep. and things around too much. And no more biting bees or spiders no. or whatever else has got licking you know, the carpet, sti- stingy bums. Yeah, stay away from the from the from the licky carpet stuff. Yes, you know that you don't, you want to avoid all of that. Don't avoid avoid any wet spots on the carpet. Do not lick those. No, definitely not. Definitely not. No, all right. So, right. and then also, thank you very much to our Patreon supporters, uh, in, including Claire and uh, and all of our wonderful Patreon supporters. Thank you very much for your support. You can check us out at patreon.com and uh, see if you want to jump on board too. Um, Lewis, what else has been happening in your world? Oh, mate, I saw this article uh, this week in uh, the Australian Veterinary Society of Animal Behaviour, Boffin's oh, right. little, little blog post. And, yes. Uh, um, it's written by Dr. Mikel Maria Delgado. So, okay. Uh, yeah. Very, um, th- talks about, uh, I won't give, I won't say the title of the article because I feel that's going to give it away. So. Right. Okay. Keep I'll that just hidden. Go, I'll just go straight into it. So previous studies have shown, have found that feeding cats from a sure feed microchip feeder help right. cat, cats lose weight above and beyond just being placed on a weight management diet. So for those who don't know, a microchip feeder, uh, the cat goes up to the feeder, goes under a little, almost a little bridge or a little mm-hmm. hangover. Uh, it registers the microchip, opens, the cat can have some food and they walk away, it closes again. So very good for those multi-cat households where you're trying to feed just one cat a certain amount of food or a type of food and and not the other cats because the other cats will not register to open the, the, the microchip feeder. Uh, which um which COVID vaccine did those cats get in order to get that microchip put in there, mate? Ooh, is it a? Yeah. Hang on, sorry, sorry, yeah. so let's move on. <laughs> is that Pete Evans? Pete hey, Evans, mate, who's joined yeah, so the let, chat. Let, let let me just have some of these activated almonds while you keep keep on going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I saw your Van de Graaff generator in the background. There, <laughs> <for humans. laughs> it's good for keeping uh, away the ghosts. Yeah, the most likely benefits are preventing food stealing between cats and allowing cat guardians to weigh how much food they are feeding their cats. Some of the models um, uh, include a scale. Other commonly cited challenges to feline weight loss are the ability of cat guardians to stick with the diet mm, of for yep. the cat. And I do find this with Olive. We do try and restrict Olive's food, but uh, at several times during her diet periods, we have found certain members of the family going external to the cup that's meant to be used and just using their hands to grab a little bit of an extra little snack All right. for Olive during the day when she's being particularly demanding. Yes. And that's Definitely would not have been me that's been busted by the children doing that at certain kind of sensitive (laughs) times when I felt that Olive was hungry. Was Um, not me. And uh, and how would you gauge Olive's appreciation of you giving her that extra food, mate? Did she appreciate it or was it just a, well, of course you're going to give me that. There's no favourite. 
Favorite, no, fa- favorite number don't one. Don't tell everyone. Don't tell. Number if, one. If any of the family's listening, she's she's my favorite. She's I'm oh. her favorite. Oh, I'm there you go. Favorite. Right. Yeah. Oh well, you yes. can both be favorites together. But it definitely wasn't me. Yeah, I okay. gave a little bit extra. Glad. So I don't have trouble sticking with the diet with my own cat. So I don't Good. appreciate at all <laughs> how, the, how the listener out there might. Uh, sit with the diet and begging behavior on behalf of the cat. A 2016 study found that cats on a diet don't get mad. Yeah. They get cuddly. They get even. No, cuddly. Oh, okay. 30 out of 32 cats placed on a diet became more affectionate when they were placed on a weight loss program. Well, Ollie was right. like that. She rubs your legs because she wants something to eat. Yeah. <laughs> that said, most cats did engage in more begging for food, which can be hard for some humans to resist. Not not this human. Not no you. Way. No, no, no. Strict no, no. as he. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. No, and, no, not, not, not Mr. Resilience, you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And can lead to more food in the bowl. A new study entitled Evaluation of Pets Separating Automatic Feeder and High-Frequency Meal Feeding for Weight Loss in Multi-Cat Households revisited the pet tech and weight loss topic by removing humans from the feeding picture. Oh, okay. There were two goals to the study. One, to see if cats would stop begging if they were fed from an automatic dispenser with RFID tag access. So that's radio frequency ID tag. So thing on their collar um, access. So that only the cat with the correct tag could open the feeder and programming capabilities uh, a new feeder called the Portion Pro. Right, okay. And wondering, will cats beg from a robot? Oh, nice. <laughs> How's yeah. that? Only if it works. Only, Only if, it, if works. it works. Yes. So if the cat was begging at the particular time the robot was going to open, it could be perceived that the begging caused the the uh, uh, the, the feeder to open. Right, right. Is this Poof. like an is is there an artificial intelligence sort of situation going on here where the cats are trying to uh, trying to reprogram the the computers the robots so that we can go like Terminator Two style but just with cats as running Skynet? Well, separate. I think I saw an article there. It might have it next week about a guy who uh, somehow left his uh, left his cat at home with a. I want to say a cat game on the computer right. and somehow the cat went in and bought like $3,000 worth of Amazon products with a <laughs> glitch through the system playing the game. Nice. Tap, 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 tap. Get those fish. <laughs> tap, 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 tap. Bye, 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 bye. Anyway, maybe I'll find that uh, that article sometime. Just let me look off. That's great. See. How's that? Number two, determine the effect of, uh, there was an effect of meal frequency on weight loss. Do more frequent, smaller wheels, meals, all wheels. Yep. All wheels. Small wheels. Meals, small meals on wheels. Meals on wheels lead to greater weight loss. How did they conduct the study? All the cats in the study were at least a year old, indoors only, living with other cats and overweight. Right. Cats were free of any other health problems that would impact appetite or metabolism. All cats were fed the same diet during the study, which was beep metabolic. Yep. Yes. Okay, right. <laughs> mm, right. Beepabolic. No, no one will have any idea. It's, it was... It, it should have been delicate care because yes, they, but it wasn't. They have a weight management, as they you know, do, Robbie. Um, and uh, and and um, uh, possibly not for the cats though, just for the dogs. Oh. But anyway, but well, that'd be great weight why... management for the cats because then they don't eat anything. Yeah, well, true, or shouldn't eat anything. <laughs> no. Whether they do or not. Uh, so, so that's probably why they use the beep metabolic one, right? Okay, they delicate didn't have an equivalent, right? Uh, and they were assigned to three conditions. One of three conditions. One, they were fed twice daily from a regular food bowl. 
Uh-huh. Two, fed twice daily, dispensed by the Portion Pro. Yep. Or fed six times a day, dispensed by the Portion Pro. Cats were examined and weighed before and during the study to monitor health and weight loss and make sure they're getting the appropriate amount of food. The study lasted 26 weeks or until the cats reached their target weight loss, whichever happened first. Cat guardians also completed several questionnaires about their cat's behavior during the study, as well as their satisfaction with the weight loss program. What did the study find? Yes, tell there us. Were, there were no differences between the three groups on questions such as, how hungry is your cat? Yeah. Or questions about activity or behavior problems. Overall, cat guardians... There's a move to there's a move in changing language there, isn't there? Cat yes, there guardians. is. Away from that's pretty cat slaves. <laughs> oh, we're the slave. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yes. Cats guardians felt the same level of satisfaction regardless of which group their cat was in. Ironically, they rated the use of the automatic dispenser as more difficult than feeding cats from a bowl. Right. When comparing the begging behavior of cats, the cats who were fed from a bowl were more likely to meow at the bowl, follow the owners around before being fed, and also more likely to paw at their owner before being fed. Removing the human from the feeding equation does seem to reduce the begging. More cats fed via the Portion Pro met their target weight, 40% when fed twice a day and 83.2% when fed six times a day. So 0.2 of a cat. Yes, the target one. That's, yeah, a, that's about four and a half whiskers. Yeah, none of the bowl-fed cats met their target weight goal. Ooh, that is right. interesting. Wow. Uh, although the sample size was too small to find statistical significant differences, and I must say there were only about twenty cats in the study. But anyway, yeah, right. we'll move on. <laughs> uh, uh, the cats fed from the automatic feeder also lost a larger percentage of their body weight. 15% went fed twice a day and 17% went fed six times a day compared to the bowl fed cats, 9% or 10%. Yeah. What does it mean? This study was small, so we must be careful interpreting the results. But it small, supports a small but growing body of evidence that technology can be our friend when it comes to feeding our cats. All cats were fed the same diet, so if how cats are fed is unimportant, we would expect similar weight loss patterns in all cats. The RFID tag technology allows cats to eat what they like, when they like, and prevents cats from getting unintended snacks through stealing from other cats in the home. Mm. This led to more weight loss in cats using the Portion Pro. Technology also had a side effect, side benefit of reducing begging behavior. The researchers were less confident that having the Portion Pro dispense food six times a day provided any benefit over twice a day as far as weight loss is concerned. The Portion Pro does close when the cat wearing the correct tag walks away, so it's also possible the cat fed twice a day opted to graze and ate from the Portion Pro more than twice a day, even if the food was only deposited twice a day. Many studies support that cats are natural grazers and will eat eight to 15 plus meals a day when given the free choice. If you experience begging behavior in your cat or need help with Girl Cat's Weight Loss Program, be sure to work with your veterinarian and why not consider the assistance of some pet tech? Now, um, Lewis, I've just done a little bit of uh, research just to see what the, uh, the, the automatic RFID pet feeder with replaceable battery tag um, uh, portion pro is going for. Yep. What do you think in, in USD, so US dollars, what do you reckon it's going for at the low, low price of? 600? Uh, less. 600, 300. A little bit less. Cheap. 250. 
250. You get to get you get five cents change out of 250. So it's 249.95. Wow. 95. Wow. Yeah. There you go. I reckon that's reasonable. Yeah, that's, that's expensive. Right. I mean, if, if, it's if not, it's more than a bowl. It's oh, I'll give you that. It's more than a, a bowl, a plastic bowl, just uh that the you know, just out of the cupboard, give you that, yes. But I suppose if you work your weight loss and you look at the benefits of weight loss, a, a prolonged lifespan, mm-hmm. decreased chance of diabetes, um, other, Redu- other issues. Redu- Arth- reduced medications, yes. you know, reduced Arth- medications. Yeah, you're going to lose yes. less food, things like yes. that. So, yeah. yeah. Smaller vaccine. Smaller Co- vaccine, COVID yes. vaccine. You yeah, absolutely. Because RFID, you don't need the microchip booster. Correct. Yep. So Bill year. Gates doesn't find you then. So because yeah, just the one you got in there is enough. Yeah. yeah. Very and good. Oh, yeah. Um, how, interesting. Um, have you ever tried using a, an automatic feeder for um, for olive? Uh no. We do give a just a dispensing one that just drops out feed when we go away for one night. We'll, yeah. Um, okay. We'll, we'll stock that up and um and interesting. It's uh we do put a video up, a camera up as well, so the neighbours can come in if we find an issue happens, and. I always thought that if Olive had free feed and we weren't home, that she would be down every couple of hours. Like yeah. the studies say that they like to eat small amounts often, but she'll eat once, maybe twice a day. It's, yeah, right. uh, it's incredible. And we think it's because we're not home harassing her and waking her up and she's just asleep the whole time and just, just, just forgets to eat and wakes up and like 3am in the morning goes, yeah, I'm hungry now. Yep. Yeah. I'll go for a food. It's feed, time for yeah. me. This is mm. a natural time for me to go and hunt, like yeah, like what well, like my ancestors yeah, did. Exactly, I'm going to go and yeah. hunt now. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, have Very you used good. one? Uh, no, no. We we thought about it for a period of time because we had Melvin who was fat and Parker who wasn't. Um, but yes. now they're you know both the cats are getting to like sixteen years old, so they're starting to get pretty old. Um, and they're both at that you know when they get to that point where they're just slowly losing a little mm. bit of weight here mm. and there and um so we kind of just have food down for them all the yeah. time now it's just yeah. you know they eat when they want to eat they don't want to eat when they don't want to eat um so we don't have to worry about them getting obese now so yes. so um i have thought about it though i mean particularly for yeah yeah those times when you go away thinking she said that'd be a good option but yeah, we never actually pull the trigger on doing it so yeah um, yeah no we'll, we'll just do it for a night so yeah when we you know just duck away for a little bit so but um I often do recommend it for owners uh, that that automatic or time feeder for for those cats that wake up owners at five a.m. in the morning, you know, yeah. wanting some food, jumping on the bed. That's I'll really commonly recommend that and say, just take away the feed from um, you know from from your responsibility. All oh, can't get food from the owner. It all comes yep. from from the thing. So they're not they're not you know, and that work that works quite well. Um, I'm not sure how you know. Whether how long it takes, but I, I reckon mm. it only takes a few days before the cat goes. Oh, all right, I get nothing from you. Um, you know they're hiding under the covers as the cat attacks them. But uh, yeah, <laughs> kick you to the cur- kick you to the curb, owner. I've had enough of you. I'm going to go and sidle up next to my robot friend here. Um, exactly. And, and and it is those times when um you know people. I've had a couple of people say to me, so I've give similar advice when they're waking you up in the middle of the night, I go, maybe get an automatic feeder. So then that way, you know, the, if the cat's up around at that time and it's coming at, it drops the food out just, you know, just before then. So it goes and gets its food. Um, I go, Oh, but it, aren't they expensive? Is it, well, yeah, they are expensive, but do you want to keep getting woken up at four o'clock in the morning? Good point. Yeah. I've, yeah. 
How, how expensive is a good night's sleep, mate? How much you put on a good night's sleep, hey? Oh, I don't know. I don't get a good night's sleep anymore because I'm old and my body's not great. So, you know, I just keep, keep hurting whenever I turn over in the middle of the night, Lewis, and i got to wake up and, you know, and change my hot water bottle over. No. Wow. That's, uh, <laughs> that, went, that went in a direction I was not expecting, mate. Got dark Perhaps- and deep very quickly. Perhaps we we move on to disclaimer. What do you reckon? Absolutely. All advice on the show is generally in nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing. Please let us know if you've missed anything or if you need any clarification. Hit me, Lewis. What are we doing? Well, did you want to give a a? We had a question during the week on the Facebook page. We definitely we, did. Mate, uh, a little bit. It was a little bit. Uh, uh, I suppose hit it, hit it. Not not on earth, but but did uh, did uh, register with us that was something we haven't touched on was um uh what happened with Rosie in the last sort of stage I think you know when when it was sort of happening it was all pretty raw so we didn't talk about it on the show but perhaps with uh, now that we've taken a breath and we've had a, had a little bit of time you you mentioned that you might want to just discuss um yeah, just bring yeah. everyone up to speed with what happened yeah. so um so for, for for new listeners to the show or you know um, anyone that uh they forgot we had um, our old our old whippet Rosie. She we diagnosed her with uh, with lymphoma, which was a cancer of the of the lymphocytes, and so it was right throughout her. Um, you know the, the lymphos lymph when you've got lymphoma, the lymphocytes have got uh, uh, access all areas past, so the cancer can go anywhere and everywhere. And so uh, we diagnosed Rosie in January of twenty twenty one by having um, uh, you know enlarged lymph nodes. So it was at the end of end of January 2021 and um, so we started her on chemotherapy it was the first time we treated a dog with chemo at our at our clinic um, and so it was a real learning experience for for, for all of us and, and it's obviously especially for me with um, seeing what a pet goes through with chemotherapy and usually with lymphoma treating them with the uh with the the protocols usually the median survival times around sort of like a nine to 12 month mark so so you kind of go okay right yeah so it's a six month protocol get them in remission and then you know it's basically a waiting game until then the cancer comes back and um for old rosie she um like because she got sick with some of the treatments and we might have gone away for some of the treatments, so it means we actually, you know, didn't do it. And then once well, the, um, the life cut, happens, the, mate, it's, yeah, it's, it's, you know, you're an owner, you're 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 a family man, you know, that's that's life. It doesn't yeah. always go exactly. So, so the six month protocol ended up going for about actually nine uh, nine or ten months, um, and uh, just before she got her last one of the treatments on that protocol, the lymph nodes started coming back up again. So that was. January to November. So it was like nine months. And so we thought, okay, right, well, that's, that's to be expected. We'll give her that, um, give her this treatment, but it's probably not going to last. And it shrunk and it went away again for another three or four months. Um, wow. So then it was Easter 2022 that it started coming back again. So we started um, trying to with the, the same protocol that worked previously and it didn't. Um, she just kept getting sicker and sicker, but then that was uh, April, 2022. So we switched up to a different protocol and then suddenly it all just shrunk and started, you know, working again. So we ended up getting through until, um, but it was pretty well October, um, 2022. So it was nearly, I think it was sort of 20 or 21 months of, wow. of survival, which was astounding. That's, great. Yeah, um, that's amazing. Yeah. But gosh. It, 
it was getting like towards the end. So we switched her up from the, um, the IV um, medications. We switched her over onto an oral one called um, uh, Lomustine or CCNU. Um, and again, the first time I'd ever used that. And we weren't overly optimistic with it because by the time we started treating her, it had actually started coming up in weird places. Like she was getting um, uh, the cancers coming up in her muscle and on her skin um, and behind her eye, like her eye was bulging right mm-hmm. out. And it's like, oh, gee, was like we were at, that, at that point we we're contemplating, do we even worry about trying her on this given that things are not looking great? But we thought, no, well, we've, we've come this far. We'll give it a shot. And gave it to her, and literally, like within three days, the cancers all just shrunk. So, wow. um, so, so the muscle, the muscle tumors went down. The um, the 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 skin uh, lesions went away. Um, the the swelling around the eye went away. Um, just astounding. But then she started getting a bit, feeling a bit crook from the treatment too. And so with that particular protocol, you use them every, every three weeks. So she'd have um, uh, the, the the chemo for one uh, at the start of the three weeks. So then she was toxic for a week. She'd feel like crap for about sort of day four through till about day eight. Um, and then she'd start feeling better. So they've been, been, between day 11 and day 21, she felt really good. Um, so then we go, okay, right, the cancer would come back. So we gave her another treatment. And we kept on going with that for about probably, I think it was about sort of four treatments. So again, that got us through another another few months. Um, but then we tried it one more time. So this is as we're getting into um, getting in towards uh, the start of October and yeah, it just didn't respond anymore. And mm. she was, she was, um, she was still eating. She was trying to go for walks at this stage. We had Sage. So she was, you know, she was probably more pissed off about having Sage around <laughs> than actually, you know, having the cancer at that stage. Um, but we could see that she was starting to struggle and we thought, right, well, the, this treatment's not working anymore. So when, rather than, we're just going to try and keep her feeling comfortable. And we sort of, we worked out, okay, well, we know we're going to have to do it. How are we going to try and make that work for her? You know, obviously if she started crashing um, a bit, a bit, uh, uh, you know, she started getting really bad, we would have made the decision straight away, but we kind of tried to work it in with, uh, you're talking well, euthanasia, of course, mate. Sorry, uh, sorry you, yeah, euthanasia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So trying try to work out when we're going to put her to sleep and how we were going to try and make that work the best for Rosie, but also the best for us and for the kids and how we were going to try and have it happen. So um, we said to the kids, look, this is going to be something that's probably going to be happening you know, at the end of the week because we're getting pretty close. Yeah. We can see like the kids could see that she was struggling. You know, she'd get up, she'd still get up when I got home from work and come stumbling up the, mm. up the hallway. But, um, you know, the kids could see that she wasn't eating well and she was losing more weight despite the fact that she was trying to eat. Yeah. So she'd try and eat, but she just wasn't eating a lot. So, um, we made the decision that, okay, right, well, we're going to put her to sleep on the Friday. So, um, we, uh, we decided to do it at home. Um, you know, given that, yeah, you know, I'm a vet and Christine is a vet and we can, and we can do that. So, um, so we, we decided we'd do, we'd do it at home. So we came home, bought all the gear home. Um, we had a, a bed for her up the, um, up the front, uh, up in the bedroom where she always used to try and sleep in the, in the sun there. Um, the, 
we had the kids come up to say goodbye. Uh, mm. Like we put the catheter in and flushed the catheter through. Mm. Kids came up and said their, oh, actually, no, the kids came up and said their goodbyes and the kids came down. Um, we um, popped the, um, popped the catheter in, um, came down and saw the kids and said, look, we're going to, we're going to put her to sleep now. Um, and we went up and we gave her the injection and yeah, she went off to, went off to sleep in her, in her bed up in the window. And, um, it was yeah, by far the most, the, the hardest thing that I've had to do with being a vet so far. Yeah. Um, you know, I hear it in your voice, I've, mate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, like I've never, I've never had to, um, I've never had, thankfully never had to have the, you know, the the cause of having to put one of yep. our, um, one of our pet own pets to sleep. So it was, um, yeah, it was really, it was, it was really, really hard. Yeah. You know? and, and I mean, you've been doing it for 20 years and you know, I always talk owners through and you know, I know exactly what's going to have happen, but to actually be at that position where it's like, okay, right, well we've, we've done it and, and she's, and she's gone. Yeah. It was really, really rough. So then came home and I came, came back down and, um, you know, talked to the kids and then, um, took her back into work so that we could have her cremated. But the, the, so it was hard enough then um, when we actually put her to sleep, but then the two times where then from there, then when it really, really got me was when I was leaving her at work. So, you know, mm. took, took her into work, um, left there. And so the people at work, you know, the guys at work knew I was coming in, I was going to be dropping her off and then, and then I was going to be leaving. Um, and I came in and Christina wanted me to take some, um, some, uh, paw prints for it. So, yep. um, so, uh, took her in, made the paw prints. And then as I was leaving, that was the time where then I gone, okay, right. Bang. That's, that's me just absolutely gone, you know, leaving mm. her there. Um, but then when I got home, you know, the, I usually when we get home, uh, get home from work, the kids are doing what the kids are doing. The kids are on their screens or they're doing something. You know, they don't come mm. up and see me anymore. Mm. Um, they don't run to the door when you put no, the key in the lock, mate. No. no. Christina no. doesn't either, Lewis. So, you know, that's, <laughs> you know, so, so that's his one. The cats, as, we, as we've already established, cats don't give a crap about their owners. So they don't come up and see me. Oh, oh no. Olive does, mate. Oh, Olive does she? Does. Oh, yeah, well, there she, you go. She runs to the door. Even, yeah, she's the car coming Well, that's because you're there. a favourite, you know. No, like I'm, she, she knows yeah, I'm just going to reach that. into the bag because, and give her a little extra. You, that's yeah. that's a thing, you know. So so that's that's premeditated there. Um, uh, but and Sage, I'm I'm absolutely number four in the household when it comes to Sage. Uh, um, but but Rosie was always the one that would always come running up. Mm. So when I opened up the front door and the hallway oh, was empty, mate. yeah, just <gasps> lost it again. So uh, the, the, yeah. the thing that I found really interesting with it, you know, and and this is then the you know so. But because it's the first time I've ever had to go through the grieving process myself with with losing a pet, it gave me so much insight into then what owners actually go through and and what I've been able to, I, I guess, you know, talk to owners about with it is that particularly when you've got an animal that is, you know, you've got a prolonged illness, you know, and you know mm. that things are getting closer, you know, so. Um, you know, whether it's heart disease or kidney disease or arthritis or they you know, they're just they're just their quality of life is going because they've got something that's making them lose a lot of weight. And you know that the animal is getting closer and closer and closer to the end. Um you kind of you you 
you don't allow yourself to even think about grieving because to do that then it kind of feels like you're you're giving up on them, mm. you know. Um, and and uh, well, at least that's what I found with Rosie that it was I I I didn't want to come to terms with the fact of um of allowing myself to start grieving for her until she passed away. But right. when she did, then it was like this thing of where you can go, okay, now I'm allowed to start remembering the good times. Now when the photos come up on the, on the screensaver on the computer of Rosie, when she was running around and, and, and you know, when we were down at the beach or, you know, down at Inverloch or whatever, you, it's almost like then you give yourself permission that you can start thinking about the good times again, but you mm. don't feel like you can, give yourself that permission while you still see them struggling. So, um, you know, that was, that was a, again, a really insightful thing for me to go, well, hang on. Cause again, owners, I don't, I don't feel like I'm, uh, I feel so guilty with trying to make the decision. Yeah, absolutely. You do because Mm -hmm. you're doing that because they, they mean so much to you, but once you do make that decision, then you give yourself permission to be able to grieve. So then you can remember the good times and remembering the good times allows you to then sort of process things a bit, a bit, you know, differently, you know, than what you do when you're just mm-hmm. hanging on and hanging on and you're trying to go, Oh God, I don't, I don't, I don't want this to happen. I don't want to feel this pain. The pain's going to come. The pain's going to be there. You know, it's never going to be any better or any worse, but it's just, you know, what you can do to then start to process that. And we found that with the kids too. Um, you know, I, I, it's, I guess different, you know, we saw with our friends, our friends, um, like within, within the week I had, um, one home euthanasia that I had to do with a, um, do for a client and then a home euthanasia for our, um, for our friends. Uh, so, so we had, Rosie on the Friday, a home euthanasia on the Friday for a client. Oh. It was a cat that I'd known for 40, uh, the 10 years that I'd been oh. there. Um, another uh, home euthanasia for a friend on, um, uh, on d- during the week. And then another one then on the weekend. So, mm, um, wow. but the thing that was, was interesting was that like uh, one of the, the ones for, um, for one of the home euthanasias, the owners hadn't actually told the kids what was going on you know so we we'd sort of um spoken to our kids and because you know they're kids are vets so this is something that is part of the narrative of what they know happens with us at work um you know they, they, it wasn't a completely foreign thing for them to be saying oh this we know that this is going to have to happen and we know that it's going to happen at some point but um when we said to them that it was going to that it was going to happen yeah it still hurt but they had a chance to be able to process it but um, another family that that we knew they they didn't tell their kids until the day where they said right and the kids were apoplectic you know how how can you make this you know how can you mm. have our dog killed you know this is terrible you know um, and so I think you know again yeah everyone's going to do it differently and I'm not saying that there's you know that there's one size fits all approach for it but certainly for us we found communicating with the kids of what's going on again it's not going to make it any easier but um it's it, it's something that you know you you kind of need to be able to address it you know especially mm. when it's on when it's on the horizon um we didn't have them in the room though when we when we did put them to sleep that was something that we didn't want to have happen um i know i have some clients that do want to do it and i don't you know, I don't say no, but um, it's for us. We didn't want the kids to be there through it. Uh, we just wanted them to see and then, um, and then yeah, say their goodbyes um, b- beforehand. So um, yeah, well, yeah. So, oh, yeah, so so that was so you know she's now 
on the shelf above me there, you know, the, 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 the wonderful, the wonderful cloudy did a, um, it made a little, uh, a little heart, wooden heart with it, with, with her name uh, engraved on it. So we've uh, got that, that, that attached to the front of her little box that she's in there on the, um, on the, uh, on the bench above me where, where I record now. So. Uh, oh, it's and, really sweet, mate. But it's, was it yeah. a bit weird that Claudia engraved her name, Claudia on the. On the heart, yeah, was it, yeah, was it, was, it, was, bit, it was, it was a bit, it was a bit, it was a bit odd. Deep. I flipped it around and then it said Rosie on that one. <laughs> oh, so that's right. perfect. No, thank you oh, very much, really Claudia. It was very, yeah, very, very that's nice. Sweet. Um, but mm. it was, um, yeah, it, it was certainly a hard, brutally hard, but, um, but, uh, a, you know, a, a learning process for me in that, okay, right, well this, this is what my clients go through, you know? Mm. And, and, and so I feel like I'm always really compassionate with it because I see it as a, you know, a, a, yeah, a privilege of being able to, you know, the people trust me to be able to help them um, is, in mate. that hard time and, and be able to uh, do the right thing by their pet. Um, so I always, I'm um, always feel like I'm pretty compassionate with it, but it's just that extra level of understanding of going, Oh yeah, this is really bloody hard, you know. So mm. anyway, so that so um yeah, it was um I, I looked up before it was um uh where were we um the 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 listener that that asked about it was um it was Casey Casey Smiths so Casey yeah. thank you thank you very much for asking um yeah and sorry if we didn't get to it you know yeah we had our our, our extended summer layoff you know when we're you know doing all of our things and um you know if, if the next question is casey you know um how how is sage going um you know you'll you'll i'll, I'll update you from that from the uh the uh, from from the you know the that the, the, my, my, my chair of regret that I sit in as I'm rocking backwards and forwards while I'm seeing Sage destroy all my nice things, you know, <laughs> any, anything that could go wrong that she could do, um, do incorrectly. She does. I keep trying to say to her that Rosie didn't do things like that. And Christina keeps trying to say to me, Rosie did do that when she was a puppy and no, no, she did not. My Rosie, my Rosie never did anything like that. <laughs> and then Camille tells me off for saying that, you know, I'm, 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 I'm favoring Rosie's memory rather than Sage. And anyway, yeah. Uh, wow. Anyway. Well, mate, thank you seriously uh, for being so vulnerable and sharing that with all of us and the listener. That's right. Um, thank you. Yeah, we've no got a lot, a lot of listeners out there, pet owners. Um, and unfortunately some of us do have to, come to terms with that end of life decisions at some stage. And as a vet myself, I certainly agree. I see it sometimes often as a privilege that mm. we're able to give that to our pets to relieve their suffering. Um, and yeah, just, just to hear how you went through it, mate, it's, um, it's, it, it really just put some p perspective on it. I do, I guess I do a couple of sort of thoughts and uh, mm. comments. I just, uh, just while we're sort of going yeah. um, through it, did you, after, uh, how did you, did you bring in Sage to once Rosie was gone or did you have Sage present or what we, what sort of happened in that situation? Yeah. And obviously they were fairly close, I'd imagine. Yeah. Great question. Um, well, um, Rosie hated Sage. Um, there is no, there's no, right. there's absolutely right. okay. no Next question. doubt in my yep. mind. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, um, so, so we didn't, the thing that was interesting there was that, um, you know, uh, Sage certainly was going, like uh, Sage was looking around for Rosie, you know, like she'd yes. go looking around for her. She'd be sort of, you know, poking around. So we, because we crate trained Sage and Rosie um, slept in her bed up in a bedroom, up in our bedroom. So then that way we could, you know, when she get up to go to the toilet in the middle of the night, you know, we could take turns in trying to let her out. Um, so 
when for a while when Sage would get up, she'd go sort of wandering around and checking the beds out to try and see if Rosie was there. Um, then she realized that she could just run up and just jump in the bed and she was allowed to go sleeping on the bed. So she soon forgot about looking for Rosie in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, you know, from a, a feeding wise as well, she, yeah, I, I think she basically just, you know, I, I reckon it was probably maybe five, four or five days. And after that, she was just business as usual. Like, Cause yeah. Sagey was, I think it was about, she was about four months old at that stage, you know, four or five months old. So, so she hasn't had, hadn't had a huge amount of time with right. Rosie. So, yeah. So you um, didn't, uh, you didn't uh, bring Sage in to sort of sniff Rosie once she'd passed or anything she passed like that. On. I don't know. No, I don't, I don't think right. we did. No. And I'm yeah. trying to, I don't, this is terrible. I can't remember, but That's I okay. can't no, remember. No, oh no, I can't on. remember whether and we the bought, cats. Yeah, no, the, the cats were, you know, again, the cats were um, out and around. I mean, the Melvin, um, he he and Rosie were, you know, got along fine. Parker and Rosie were fairly ambivalent towards each other. Um, uh, Parker hate, well, well, you know, was always really scared of Sage. So Parker didn't really come out much for a long time because of Sage anyway. So um, yeah, but whether or not he knows there's one dog or two dogs is hard to hard, hard mm. to gauge. Um, Melvin, yeah, he was just a you know back to business as usual. Yeah, you know, right straight on. away. Okay. Um, but. Yeah, like I say, I can't remember whether or not we even got the kids up to say goodbye to her once she'd passed away. Maybe mm. we did. Um, maybe we did. Maybe the kids did come up and see her once she passed away. But I can't. Yeah, I'd have to. Yeah, make sure it's interesting with with the, with the kids stuff. Certainly, uh, I did a uh, or many years ago now did a bereavement course and a grief course just uh, through counsellors and stuff out of Monash Uni um, mm. a long time ago. And and the interesting thing with the kids is, yeah, it's very age dependent. I think um, mm. of, of what you you want to do with the kids. There's no right or wrong, yeah. um, but certainly we do. You know, the older the kids sort of get, it is important. Like you have done is involve them in the process um allow them to be autonomous uh you know um you know certainly if they're getting over well they're sort of getting to the age where you feel this is a bit of a weird segue but if you feel that you can let them cross the road on their own a busy road on their own without supervision that's probably a stage where they can make some pretty good decisions on their own about whether they want to be present uh whether you know how they want to be involved um so certainly that that's really a a a pinnacle age i think certainly um for that before that age um it is important yeah to use language i've said it before that's not euphemisms you know putting to sleep and that sort of thing because younger kids often yeah they do think oh if i go to sleep at night does that mean i'm not going to wake up like rosie or you know they do they're so so see very individual mate and uh yeah it's it's really hard on parents and you know um I, i imagine sometimes you know when you get that pet that's brought into the vet that's not old but not young and uh and it's not well and you perhaps find we find a lump in the abdomen or something that's mm. pretty well terminal and you know whatever might happen euthanasia happens pretty quickly i can imagine that that must be difficult when you got kids involved with that sort of thing and you know that the vet said and bang it's sort of done so absolutely yeah certainly um and one other thing just with <clears throat> the, the chemo and stuff you're doing did you find like medicating her and and the IVs, the the intravenous stuff you had to give, did did that damage the bond between you and Rosie, or she was a pretty good patient? Um, she was excellent. Yeah, you know? I mean yeah. the fact that it's um, you, know, you, she hated coming to work, mm-hmm. but we could always then sort of work at that. Either Christina would bring her in and drop her off, and I'd so we would. Between Lynn, my practice manager, and myself, we were the ones that were always administering it. Um, and so what we try and do, we try and have it work so that 
we give it to her on a Friday. So then yep. that way I could, I could leave straight away. Yeah. So yep. after she's had the chemo, so we didn't have to worry about her being toxic at work. And what happens if she does a wee on the floor at work? And then suddenly we've got to get all OH and SE on it there. Mm. You know, she can just come and do that at home and that's fine. You know? <laughs> um, so, so Friday afternoon was anal glands and trim day for sure. I'm just basically absolutely. F- flat booked. Yep. And, and yep. me, and me out the back giving Rosie her chemo. Um, yes. Yes. It was, um, the I think the thing that was really good with Rosie was the fact that she's a whippet, and so therefore, you know, the veins are all there, yes. so easy to see. Yes, you know, um, and she was as much as what she hated coming to work. She was such a compliant patient; like she would, she she'd do a whippet shake and go, "Boo, mm-hmm. I hate being here. boo!" Mm-hmm. But um, we, you know. She, we could get the catheter into her fine. We could, we could hook everything up fine. She'd sit there in, um, in Lynn's arm over our little absorbent pad while I was administering the stuff over the 10 minutes. Um, you know, she was absolutely ideal patient, you know, yeah, like the right. times when, um, like I've had a couple of times where, uh, we've diagnosed cancer that potentially could be treatable in dogs or cats that are just, you know, not conducive to um to IV treatment, you know, because you'd have to sedate them every time they come in mm. for a blood test, sedate them every time they come in for the treatment. And while yes, you can do that, you kind of got to weigh up and go, right, well, hang on, is that actually then fair mm. for the, you know, fair for the patient to actually go through all of that? Um, but Rosie was terrific. She was and and yeah, you know, because she's a whippet we could just alternate veins. There was no, mm, no, no great. problems with not oh, finding good. a vein or anything like that. So um, I don't, it's, it's a great question you pose, but no, I don't think it did. I think yeah, she was good. I, think good. Great. No. Um, I mean, there were times when far out, she got crook. Like we had to put her on a drip. You know, mm, I, remember I remember the first time yep. Yeah, she had the doxorubicin and I've, I was actually bundling up the, the, the kitty's playpen that we had to buy her at, um, at Bunnings on the weekend when we had to call into work and bring the drip machine home yes, to have her yes. um, hooked up on that. So there was a couple of times where she got really, really sick from it, but, um, never so bad that we'd say, right. And that's it. We're never going to treat her again. But it was just, you know, I could, because uh, we'd always said, oh, we'll never ever treat our, our, our pet if we get, if they get um, cancer, we wouldn't treat with chemo right up until the point where then she had it. And then we said, okay, right. Yeah. We're going to, you know, we're, yes. we're, yeah, let's, yes. let, let, let's start treating. Yeah. Right. Uh, excellent. And one last question. Yeah. Uh, yeah mate. Uh, the, um, you know, uh, have you been forever sort of saying to everyone who asks, you know, look, look, the vet said she'd only last nine months, but look, she lasted 20 months. The vet was wrong. Have you been, have you been giving a bit of that sort of, you know, that, that, that kind of thing that, uh, that, uh, you know, she, uh, she lasts a lot longer than she was, than, than the prognosis from the, from the, the, uh, the disappointing diagnosis from the, from the early vet. Yeah. Uh, and I think, yeah. I think part of the thing, you know, and, and not to, not to discount anything because, you know, um, at, at one point, Christina's mum did do some, um, did do some Reiki on Rosie from over the phone. So, you know, whether or not there was, you know, so, something to it or nothing to mm. it, it's hard to say, but um, I do. One, that's a, that's a, that's a win for, yep. for Christina's mum. Definitely. I, I do. I do kind of wonder how much of an impact our um, tardiness went with the uh, with the initial <laughs> protocol of um, of instead of it being you know done to the letter and within the six months that it was the fact that it was extended over an extra few months like how long did that actually you know sort of uh, you know tra- traipse it along to yeah Who right knows? but um, yeah it was um, you know. Uh, 
we we haven't you know, since then we haven't had another dog you know or, or cat need to have it. We've had a, another cat that we've diagnosed, but it's on it's just on oral stuff, so it's yeah, not on right. anything. I mean, which is lucky because this this cat doesn't like me very much. Nah, so. right, yeah, fair yeah. enough. Anyway, oh, thanks, mate. Thanks, yeah. for sharing. Uh, no problem. Certainly all. appreciate that from a really heartfelt place and yeah. uh, your own experience. That's that's really good. No problem. Uh, thanks for indulging me. But um, no, yeah. no, all good. No, now we did. We better. We have just got one Patreon question, so yes. I might touch on that. I had another topic, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll, this is from Rebecca Duffy. We said Rebecca Duffy. Patreons, and we certainly appreciate Patreon support. Absolutely. At the moment, who've we met? We've had Claire, we've had Claudio, and now we've yep. got uh, Rebecca. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to be a special part of the show, yep, go and check be out Patreon supporter because we will, we will help you. We will uh, prioritize your mentioning on the show definitely. So and, and and not only that, but how about the expediency with which we've done it? Like mm. these are all ones that have come mm. in within a week, yes. so we've yes. addressed them straight away. Exactly. Now this, Rebecca says hello. Oh, hi, hi Rebecca. Rebecca. I graduated as a vet tech. Congratulations. Well done. Well done. I know you've been studying for a while and am studying for the VTNE, Veterinary Tech National Exam, I reckon. Oh, good one, mate. Yes. Yep. All right. I was, I'm always good with acronyms. Yeah, you're on top of that. I just moved to South Carolina and I'm looking for a vet tech job. What are some observations, things to consider, or questions to ask when interviewing at a clinic? I'm very interested in behavior and de decreasing anxiety at the vet's office and would like to find a clinic that values these things as well. Any tips would be great. Thanks so much. Ah, so, excellent. Yeah. So I thought, I thought I'd answer from the behavior yeah. sort of perspective stuff a little bit. It's, it's, it's really difficult. Certainly just going into a clinic and having an interview, often what you're, uh, what you're told by the person that's interviewed may not be exactly what you Happens. find when, mm. when you know, happening happening in the actual clinic. So certainly seeing if any of the staff may be a fear-free certified can give you mm -hmm. a little bit of an idea. The um that certification that's available or the whole clinic's fee-free certified. You could ask at the interview, you know, maybe saying, look, I'm really interested in fee fee-free um act you know practice. How do you do you guys are you keen on that? How do you guys go about that? That might give you an idea. But it might not as well. They might just lie yeah. and say, yeah, whatever. So yep. um, so maybe a trial period might be a possibility. You know, you're going to be on a trial period of three months and you can give give yourself a chance to 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 witness what goes on or or even a possibility sometimes if you get it early to an interview, they'll let you you may sit in the reception for a while. So if you mm -hmm. say 15 or 20 minutes early, that can give you an idea because often the the front counter is the first port of call. And and the first idea that you can get of a general feeling of how perhaps, the vibe, yeah, the staff respond to the pets. So you know, do they walk in? Is there a happy greeting? Do they are they acknowledge that the dog's anxious? Do they are they trying to feed lots of treats? How do they put him on the scales? Are they just grabbing them and wrenching them onto the scales? And and uh, it, that can give you a really good vibe. So maybe trying to rock up for your interview a little bit early. I mean, obviously mm -hmm. you don't want to be three hours early for your interview. No, again, no. We're definitely not employing her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, yeah, you know, uh, 15, 20 minutes early sometimes, and you might end up sitting in the waiting room just waiting. Is it possible to observe the waiting room from a distance? You know, if, if it's a strip shop, can you stand out the front pretending you're on the phone, having a coffee, just looking through the front window? Uh, loitering you're talking yeah, about you're, you're yeah, advocating loitering yes with loitering with intent yes. intent yes uh, hat it, glasses and a mustache yeah. just, just so that way like a disguise yes. so oh, oh rebecca rebecca you're back 
Yeah. Yo, go. This is this no, is uh, Charlie. My, my name is Richard. Yes, that's <laughs> right. Um, you know, if they've got a car park sitting in the car, you know, um, you know, watching as well, get, getting can give you a little bit of an idea of of it too. Um, that, that's sort of my sort of thoughts, mate. You got any mm. sort of thoughts on that I've, sort of thing? I've, I've got some great thoughts from a um from a a practice owner point of view. Love it. So um so what I would say and just in general um some pretty good uh you know um techniques and things to be thinking of when you are putting yourself forward as a prospective employee thinking about for yet yeah. I think I've got it. I've got the first one you probably got. What is ask it? for a very high salary. Yeah, as soon as yeah. you walk that, in. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. This double, just double it. Whatever you're yep. thinking, double it. Go, go call into your to your local Home Depot down in SoCal and um uh, and, so and get a uh, and get SoCal SoCar SoCar sorry um and and get a get a zero for, you know the zeros that you um people put on their letterboxes and just oh. walk in there and so when they say when you say look whatever wage you think about giving me just pop this one on the end of it and just see how, see how that goes for you so you know, if they're offering zero if they're offering zero dollars it's zero yeah yeah just. Just make sure you're telling to put it on on the on the the the, the right hand end, not the front hand end, because yeah, you know, just in case they try and sort of did you on that. Um, no, so all the, yeah, back all to back to seriousness, like, back to seriousness. Um, your CV, make sure your CV reads well. No spelling mistakes. Mm. You know, get get someone to look over it. If you've still got a um a good connection with um your old English teacher or something like that at your old high school, um, or you know, one of your other one of your other vet techs, if you if you sort of rate them as far as if you've been doing projects and things with them, get them to read through it to make sure there's no spelling mistakes, no grammar mistakes, anything like that. Because one of the things that we will flag is if somebody's got spelling mistakes or really obvious problems on their CV, we won't even get them in because yep. it's like, well, if that's if that's what you're putting forward for your first first impression, yeah, when when what what are you going to be like once you actually get in the building? Yeah, and I mean Rebecca, she obviously is American, so English is a, is her second language. So um, yeah, ah! Google tra Google Translate, use use that. That's really that works quite well. Yeah, for the non English. Oh, hang on. Sp speaking of it, yeah. yeah. Anyway, move on. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting. We had, we did get a uh, a CV. Just you know, as you do, probably get an email to us every now and then. Mm. Just people on, on looking looking for work. And the this person, uh, one of their traits was you know hardworking, yep. uh, loyal, uh, you know loyal, uh, great with animals, and exceptional attention to detail. Oh, good. What was detail wrong spelled D E T A L E? Awesome. Detail, right? Perfect. Mm. Yeah, perfect. It was exactly what we're looking for. So, I'm and, without a tail, and and that's that thing of do you do you call them on it and just say, okay, right, um, just wondering if you knew that there was a spelling mistake, and if they go, oh, yeah, actually, I've been waiting for someone to pick me up on it. Well done. But or is it yeah just a, if it is a stuff up oh my goodness and what a what a wonderful one that is um yes. so so then interview when you're going in there for your interview um once you've you know once you've taken the the, the hat and the glasses and the mustache off um <laughs> uh wear you know smart casual clothes we had someone come in for an interview in their active wear Ooh. um 
Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, no, sorry. You know, if you don't want to actually get changed from either on your way to or from the gym to come in for your interview. Yeah. Thanks. But no, thanks. Um, yeah, you could always better off overdressing if that makes sense than, than underdressing, I think would be a good way to put it. I mean, obviously you're not going in a, in an evening gown ball frock or something like that, but, no. but, but certainly yes, make a little bit of an effort. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think the, one of the things that I find really interesting from a prospective employer is the questions that like when I say, so what, yeah, because we'll always ask the questions. Oh, so why do you want to do it? What do you, and, and, and uh, yeah, that's when you're really, I really like animals and I really, you know, <laughs> I want to, I want to do all this stuff. And I've always thought of a career with it in, in the veterinary industry. Okay. Yeah. We get all of that. And once we run all through all that, then I'll always say, what questions do you have for us? And so that's then when I get an idea of just how engaged someone is. Mm. If they've got no questions um, to ask you, then you go, or right, well, hang on, are you just going through the interview process just hoping that someone's going to throw a job in your lap? Um, have you actually, you know, thought about what it's going to be like in this profession? Rebecca obviously has because A, she's listening to her podcast, B, she's a Patreon subscriber, and C, she's actually wanting to think about you know, uh, being interested in behaviour and things like that. Well, so I think uh, – could that be one of her questions? Do you listen to Two Vets Talk Pets podcast? Perhaps is that Absolutely. is that something that would would it would inspire you to employ them, Robbie? Certainly. Well, Rebecca, if you if you need some extra stickers for going in there and just casually just <laughs> dropping on the counter when you go, here's how dedicated I am to the profession because here's a podcast I listen to. Um, I and, think. And how about when how about when you ask, you know, have you got any faults? I, I always find the 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 interview when they say I'm I I, I always ask for too low a salary and I'm just I'm so hardworking. I take it home with me. Yes. Is that, yeah. Is that yeah. Sort of things you say. Yeah. My, my, my biggest flaw is my um, inability to introspectively uh, criticize <laughs> myself. Yeah. Yeah. No problems. Yeah. Good one. Thank you very much. You know, those people are good on the quirtle too. Um, now I think, um, yeah, asking questions. So you're obviously engaged with doing the behavior thing. So asking them, so, you know, how would you guys handle a, um, an anxious dog? You know, um, at what point do you, um, you know, what, what point do you think about muzzling them? You know, at what point do you think about sedating them? What do you do in order to try and keep your staff safe from anxious animals? Um, and then ask that same question to the people out the back. So once you've done the interview with the practice owner, the practice manager, the head nurse, or whatever, when you're actually then wandering around and and you're having a look around the place, just say to them, oh, you know, oh, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you guys feel when you got a, an anxious dog? And they go, oh, yeah, no, look, that's fine because we just pin them down and you know and do what we need to. And you go, okay, right. Well, so that's very interesting, you know. And if, but if they say, oh, look, we actually, but we're real, we really try and make sure that the, the the vets are boned up on prescribing things to try and help to relax them. Those are some good, good tidbits to say hang on this is something where people actually care about what's going on yeah right you don't think that's a difficult uh from someone uh, obviously usually they're vets that are interviewing or people of higher a higher mm -hmm. uh you know they, they're a position of power, power i suppose you need to walk a fine line there fine between line. yeah yeah between sort of acting like you're telling them what they should be 
doing oh, versus asking. I, I, you know what I mean? Do you think? Oh, like, yeah, so, not, not, yeah, not so much. Not not a, a thing where Rebecca would be doing that. It's more a thing of Rebecca saying, so what do you guys do when you've got a, you know, yeah, leave it as an open question. You know, how do you guys handle anxious dogs? Yeah, I like that you know? better, yes. Yeah, yes. yes. Yeah. Then, no, then I, when I do you put a to... muzzle on? Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah. No, mm. oh, yeah, no, no, that was, that was, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Um, uh, But more, you keep the questions open, you know. Mm. Um, mm. So, um, I think how do you, yeah, but what, what, what does your, um, how does, how do you guys deal with difficult situations with clients that don't realize that they've got anxious dogs? Yes. You know? Perfect. Yeah. Things, I think things open like questions that. like that. How do you yeah. deal with anxious dogs? And yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you have a, a protocol for, 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 um, you know, anxious dogs that are coming in for a day procedure or something like that? Yeah. That's sort of open ended question. I think, yeah, it's probably yeah. better than, than at what point are you muzzling? The aggressive yeah. dog. Yeah. yeah no. if, if you walk yeah. in there and you see it happening, well, then you get a great idea. But chances yes. are they won't run you out the back while that's happening, Rebecca. Um, but I think, yeah, it, it, certainly from a, um, I, I, I don't know what the vet tech um, employment situation is like in, in America, but if it's anything like the vet nurse employment mm. situation in Australia where, you know, trying to get good, motivated people um, is is pretty hard. Mm. Um you'll be a, um, a, a, a valuable um, member to a team. So, you know, making sure that you give yourself the, the right way of being able to impress your employers, but also they need to impress you too. Yep. Yep. Perfect. No, good, mate. That's some, um, that's some really good tips, I think. So if you've got any further questions, Rebecca, certainly follow us up and, yes. and let us know if you do. And if you are a Patreon supporter, we will, uh, we will prioritize. Your questions, hundred yeah, uh, percent, definitely. That's right. But if you're not a Patreon supporter, and look, not everyone can afford to support us in that way. We will answer your questions eventually. We, eventually. we like we like talking. You know, eventually. we'll do it. Yeah. So twovertsalkpets at gmail.com. We're on all the socials. Um, uh, Robbie's on um, Telegram. If you if you want to want to get on there and, and have a, have a chat to him about his. Um, particular leaning views on some sort of something or other. I don't yes, know what it would on, be. On COVID vaccines to help your cats with their with their uh, portion pro feeders. Yes, or gun reform or something like that. Anyway, something like um, that. Yeah, yes, find me something there. something non controversial. Um, but yeah, no. So get on there. Uh, also, and- also cricket talk. You'll find me on there talking about you know day day three of the uh, the first test. There wow. you go. That's scintillating chat right there, American listeners. Alrighty, guys. We'll uh, scratch you later. You sure will. Peace out. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at VetBehaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.